0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC Seven in Washington DC. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to the Big Douglas show. I ask you this, because I don't know that much about you. Sorry. No, you're good. I was just curious, like, how did you start doing this stuff? And
1: we uh, well I would the same answer for everybody, I think it was COVID. Uh, and I was bored. And and so I just started doing the podcast on Anchor, and then I was looking for, uh, you know, other people that were uh, into the skins and came. I didn't even realize at the time, Rapper Big Poo there was uh, into all things DC sports. So we started doing it more and more, and we just enjoy doing it. We've been doing it ever since.
2: Hey, it's then, called Washington Not Skins. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And Chris has been here for like the last couple of months, which has been great. So here we are.
0: That's good. I heard you, Chris. I heard you on, um, I think you sat in with Travis for a while, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Like every time I come to D.C., I go holler at Travis.
0: Yeah, I like Travis a lot. I thought I I listened to a lot of that show. You did a good job.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. Trying to get some full-time radio out there in D.C., so we'll see how that goes.
0: I'm just trying to keep the full-time radio thing going. (laughs) <laughs>
3: years
1: and I need. I got a four and a
2: half years. year old.
3: She gets to. <laughs> she gets to college. I tap out. That's
1: right. <laughs> oh man! All right. This is the Big Douglas Show. Reverend Big Pooh is with us today. How you going, Big Fellow?
3: It's going. It's a good Monday.
2: Good Monday.
1: Great Monday. Swaggy, Swaggy's back on the show. Big Fellow, what's happening?
2: Chilling, bro. Chilling, bro. I'm ready to talk some good Washington football, man. <laughs>
1: And our guest today from the Junkies is JP. JP, what's happening? How you doing, Doug? I You're just want good. to clarify for everybody out there, this
0: isn't my only Christmas tree. This is an homage to my mom. My mom passed away this year. This was the little tree that she would put up on a coffee table uh, because the last couple of years, as her health was failing, she couldn't do the big one. I do have a bigger tree because I know the Junkies listeners, they're savages. They're going to see that. and All they're going to do is Joan. They're going to make fun of me. I have a little tree. It is an homage to my mom.
1: Very good. Very good. And, and thank you to all of you that uh, gave me a couple of kind words after my dad passed. Uh, it's funny what a couple of kind words even from a stranger can do when, um, when you're doing that. So I appreciate it. Uh, we've been gone for a couple of weeks. I'm glad. I was so I was so scared. We were going to be gone for a couple of weeks with all the winning. And then we back here for the first one with some losing. That's not what happened. They pulled out another one. They're doing an old school smash mouth football style swaggy. I got to believe you love it.
2: Oh, without a question, man, it's it's what we've been asking for this whole time. I still want to see some more blitzing, but we have been effective, you know, and I, I really love what our team has really been able to do with, uh, have a possession of the ball on offense and creating turnovers on defense. It's, it's just a, uh, strategy for success and, um, uh, it's, it's going good for us so far.
0: Hey Chris, let me ask you this: with the blitzing, because this is something you know on the junkies, we just. I will say I did coach my son's five football team to a championship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, I'm I'm a great five-on-five sure five play caller. I will. I, I'm a <laughs> great five-on-five five play caller, but I don't know anything about blitzing versus you know all the different formations on a professional side. With Ace mm-hmm. and Montez, it seemed like they weren't blitzing much, right? Right. What is the what are the advantages to what they're doing now? Because I still think they're better off with Chase and Montez, but the easy thing is they're playing better defense now.
2: Uh, and the thing uh that I always said, I said this before, even when uh Chase and Montez had got hurt when their replacements came in, uh, it may help the defense in a sense of these guards are not gonna freestyle, they're not gonna do things their way, you know, just to go make a play and know that the coach is really not gonna take them out. These guys have to do it the right way or else they're going to get pulled out. And when you have guys that play like, hey, I can't make a mistake, but I know I got to play good, so sometimes I got to take a chance, you kind of work together a lot a lot better. And I feel like our our defensive ends are playing a lot more uh, discipline and not allowing quarterbacks outside of the pocket to scramble and extend plays. And when you keep that quarterback inside the pocket, if the guys in the middle are doing their thing, they're going to get sacks. And that's exactly what's going to happen in pain, and uh, Allen, and uh, what was the other guy? Uh, Ioannidis. Ioannidis, you know, all those guys are getting sacks on the inside, the middle, because our ends are where they're supposed to be, and they're not just taking an inside pass rush move or rushing behind the quarterback. They're doing what they're supposed to do, and that makes everyone else in the defense uh, work. (laughs)
1: I'm curious, Chris, when when a guy goes down two weeks ago, it was McKissick. This weekend, and it was Logan Thomas. Sounds like that Logan Thomas thing isn't actually a tear either. I think Ron said this morning. Right, came back good. How long as a player? When you watch that, do you allow yourself to say, "Oh damn," before you're back to business?
2: Are you talk yes. about as like a backup player waiting to play, or well, just in a play, play
1: just there. in general. You know, like you're out there on that battleground. Look over and see a guy getting carted off. I mean, for a split second, you've got to think to yourself, "Oh damn." I'm just kind of curious, like, from on-the-field perspective, what's that like?
2: Oh, yeah, you know, um, you know, you never want to see any of your guys get hurt. Um, that's, But we all understand that's a part of the game. And um, all you can really do is say a quick prayer, a quick prayer, Lord, don't let this be anything serious and let him be able to recover from whatever it is. But, hey, you got to move on to the next play and continue to try and finish that game and check on your brother after the game is over.
1: Oh, they keep winning uh 17 15. We've talked about this all the time. That you can't do it anymore. But damn it if it's not working, and they're pounding people on defense, running the hell of the ball, and apparently not worried about scoring because I wish they put more points up on the
3: board. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris said it earlier. It's smash mouth football. This is this is what we what we've been wanting. You you have a quarterback who is limited as far as his arm strength. So it's you know, he's not gonna be able to and, and he throws high all the time. So, you know, (laughs) you know, to, to limit, you know, not, not to call the guy a game manager, but you need him to be a game manager and, you know, put your big boys up front to work, put your six, one, six, two, running back to work, Um, you know, take that clock up, you know, make it hard for other teams to to move up and down the field. And all your defense has to do is play stout. That's it. Bend don't break. And I, 17, 15, 13, 12, I don't care what the score is As long as it's a W in the we'll win Find college. a way
2: to win <laughs> Yeah,
3: that's, that's, that's all that matters is finding a way to win And for the last four weeks they've been finding ways to win And, you know, you can't ask for anything more But, you know, you just wish they would have figured this out a little bit sooner But they figured it out So, But you know what it
0: might be what Swaggy was talking about Like defensively when I watch it again, unsophisticated But when I watch it, they are blitzing more. And then that move of Landon Collins to whatever you want to call that position, Buffalo linebacker, like early in the season, we had a million callers going, why is Landon back there in coverage on these speedy wide receivers? Well, they have shifted his position, and they're just playing more solid. Like, it's not great. You know, my expectations going in this year was that Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they were going to be game wreckers, right, and have stripped sacks and – Force interceptions, and deflected passes, and we weren't seeing it. Now it's not really a flashy defense, but they're tackling better and they're keeping plays in front of them.
3: They didn't tackle well yesterday. That was yeah, a- they missed a couple.
1: Kevin Davis is still flashing. He's working hard, but he misses a bunch. And, and we've heard it here on the show before. I've heard numerous times. That's the hardest position to transfer, like tight end and middle linebacker from college to the pros, biggest jump. Uh Paul, you brought up number four. JP, I'm curious what the callers think. I mean, are the callers, is the fan base now like, you know, it's number four forever. Is the high is the Heineke high growing exponentially? What does it was it seemed like the callers are saying I don't
0: think it's out of control. I think people see what happens. He still throws up some floaters. You know, Pooh was talking about high balls. It's it's obvious. Look, what I'll say is first eight games of the year, his touchdown to interception ratio was 1.22 to one. Last four games during this win streak, it's seven to two. First eight games of the season, for the most part, they were passing more than running the football. Now it's a balance. They use the clock. They feed Antonio Gibson, and Heineke's not really throwing the ball downfield. He's not throwing as many YOLO balls. Um, you can call it a game manager, or whatever. Now I, I did a show last night with B Mitch, and B Mitch said being a game manager is not a bad thing. Managers, Aaron Rodgers is a game manager. He may take more deep shots, but he also takes, you know, passes underneath. It's a matter of kind of knowing what you're working with, knowing what to score. And uh, I don't think it's out of control. More people leaning towards, hey, if you can't get the best quarterback of the draft, and there's not somebody there via free agency, he can be a bridge quarterback for another year.
3: Hey, Trent, Trent Dilfer. He's Bob not paid Johnson.
0: that much. That's an advantage, right? Oh, yeah, great advantage. Advantage. I thought he's, he's a quarterbacks who weren't paid him. that much we are good, it's a competitive advantage if you have a quarterback that's your starter on the cheap.
1: When Case Keenum had that big year for Minnesota, those two have the same agent for whatever it's worth. Case Keenum cashed in for like a two-year, $36 million contract. So it'll be interesting to see what Heineke wants in the offseason, whether it's, you know, High end of the backup money or low end of the starter money? Because he still like got
3: a, he still got another year left on his deal. He signed a two year deal, I think, in the um, last offseason. Correct okay yeah right. so so we still got like him for cheap
1: more than that 1.25 million that, that he's owed next
3: man year. and it'll be it'll be kind of somebody out. else's job he start he start trying to eat putting up them type of
2: numbers <laughs> yeah, he about to hold out for Kemp. he ain't coming to Kemp, so they give him a new contract not four million. But you know what he's
0: set like you've been talking money you know did you guys watch any of the texans
2: game yesterday yeah well oh, they got cool. their asses what Yeah.
0: Tyrod Taylor, nice guy. He had a terrible game, right? Yep. How much money do you think Tyrod Taylor, who's only 32 years old, has made in his career? Oh, it's the
1: same thing with Chase Daniels.
0: Tyrod Taylor's made over $50 million. So whatever happens here with Taylor Heineke, he's at least shown he's going to be a backup in the league for another decade. Absolutely. can be a spot starter. Is he gonna be a franchise quarterback on a team for five to ten years? Probably unlikely. But if they can't find their guy, they might be comfortable enough to have him be the starter next year, maybe draft somebody in the second or third round of he, going to groom.
2: He's gonna be the next uh Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy's not a bad thing to be, Swag. Like I say, the JP's not point that right. isn't
1: a any bad game. Chase yeah, Case Keaton's done the same thing. Why. Chase Daniels, those guys are getting paid.
2: I think Colt is like the last guy from our draft class still playing right now from the old nine draft class.
3: his Daniels is robbing the league. Like i like, he's played like two games just his entire career and he <laughs> stays on the team and he stays getting paid. Go chase Daniel. <laughs> like, go y'all. chase.
1: JP 25 years for you guys. I don't even know. First of all, just to keep a show on the radio or TV, whatever, 25 years. But then to be friends and you never had any of the fallout along the way, it's incredible. I mean, we've had
0: plenty of fights. I mean, he jumped the a console one time things. and put me in like a headlock during the show. But the reality is, and this is what I always say, the junkies, we were friends before we started doing a cable access TV show for fun. And we'll be friends whenever we get fired and whenever this ride is over. We've been lucky to go 25 years. I still remember we got offered the full-time job to work nights in 1997. So we did weekends for a year. We were kind of lucky there. Radio station saw an article about our cable access TV show brought us in for a tryout. They were just starting what they called the new sports weekend because WJFK had bought the rights to broadcast Redskins games at the time. And at the time they had no sports. So they started building a sports lineup and they kind of went the traditional route they had Charles Mann paired up with Larry Michael. So radio guy, broadcaster with the Redskins player. They had a, another show after that with a radio guy, Earl Forsey, with a Washington Times beat writer, columnist, Dan Daly. And then they gave these four idiots a chance. And it kind of, we got, we, we started building a little popularity. Then they offered us the full-time job. And, you know, I wrote this book, which is there in the background. I'm going to promote it. still.com oh, Because. When they offered us the full-time job, um, we went to Jason's house and we sat on the back deck. One of the guys was already working full-time. He was married, had a kid, wasn't a great job. It was a trifling job. He worked at Toys R Us as a manager, but he had a 401k, he had bills, and they gave us a tryout. I was in law school. One of the other guys, EB, was studying for his master's. Like We were kind of doing our own thing, and we had to decide, are we going to give this thing a shot? They gave us an eight-week tryout. And if you had told me back then when we decided, yes, we're going to go for it, that we'd last 25 years and do everything we've done during this ride. I made it all the way to the big Doug show. You told me that. <laughs> if you told me that I would have said no way because the shot of it happening, it's one in a million. You know, I'm working with two dudes that I went to preschool with like Jason played basketball at DeMatha, so I've known him since ninth or 10th grade, because EB went to DeMatha, but three of us have known each other since we're three years old, our parents were friends, our brothers were friends, like, and we get to work together in something that's cool, that's fun, talk about the Washington football team, which by the way, it's much more fun to talk about when they're winning, four in a row, I'm sorry, I don't know if you saw this Swaggy, when they were two and six, I thought it was over. That's a wrap. Four and 13, five and 12. <laughs> They're not going to win games.
2: Hey, a lot of us thought that, but I've always <laughs> had faith. I said, somehow, somewhere, we're going to turn it around. And with bad as our division is, um, as long as we can win some division games in December, we'll be okay. So everyone else. That can sounds like blind movement.
0: faith, though. You know, did you guys watch uh, Jonathan Allen yesterday?
2: No. Uh, what Jonathan Allen goes to the podium, and I
0: think. I think he maybe eventually said, I understand where you were coming from, but it almost seemed like he had a chip saying, you guys didn't believe in us when we were two and six.
2: How could you? Right. <laughs> no.
1: Right. Hey, Chris, they've been doing this, you know, uh, David versus Goliath thing in the locker room, and he's throwing the rock. Does that, I mean, does that move the locker room? I mean, is well, without that a question.
2: That? You saw the reaction that the guys gave. I think yeah. they're real at, at, through the rock. Um, You know, but anytime um, the media and, and people outside the locker room doubt you and then you're starting to have success, it's like, hey, I told y'all he wasn't this fucking bad. You know what I mean? So it's just like they can't wait to win so they go back to all the people who have been talking bad about them. And now they have their chance to shine. You know, we just got to take care of business in December.
1: Do you like the way they've set this up with basically all the division games right here at the end?
2: I love it because, you know, in years past, um, you know, like a team like Dallas, who would have won a lot of games early, could rest at the end of the year. Now, you, like, no team can really rest their, their good players um, and get ready for the playoffs because you have to win these division games in order to make it to the playoffs. And if all the games are at the end of the year that's in the, the division, those are the games that you have to play. You have to win. So it makes it for an exciting finish uh, to the NFL season. Well, wait a wait, wait second. If Dallas wins this week,
0: they can rest their guys towards the end because then you're talking about a three-game gap.
2: Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. But what is their division record?
0: I don't care what the division record is. If they get to nine and four and the second place team would be Washington at six and seven, they would have to win one or two more games. But effectively, the division would be over.
3: But they still Literally. can't rest because of the new layout. There's only one bye. Right. and they're not getting it. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, they can't afford to rest because they can end up facing a team that in years past, they wouldn't have faced, you know, as a division winner. So, you know, you, you got to fight hard to the very end. Well, and
1: did, did that Monday night game cause you to pause and reevaluate the way you looked at the Cowboys? Cause they didn't look all that scary to me the other night, like a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking,
2: there's going to be tough ones, but that
1: game, that, that, that performance didn't make me nervous. I mean, I'll yeah, I felt like ever since
2: nobody, I felt like ever since Dak had came back from his uh, calf injury, the office hasn't clicked the way it did in the beginning of the season. And plus, they're having a lot of key guys missing. Like I think uh, Thanksgiving game, uh, the left tackle was missing. Uh, Tyron Smith, yeah, and, you know, I, and then they had C.D. Lamb out or something like that. So they had some key injuries, and uh, Amari Cooper was out with COVID. So they had some key players missing, but. Uh I just don't feel like everything is clicking the way it did for Dallas at the beginning of the year. Zeke is hurt. And they, I feel like they're catching the injury bug, the COVID bug. So hopefully they just keep getting injured and keeping it hurting. Uh, we go out here and win this game.
3: <laughs> How many fans,
0: though, are going to be at the game, home game, that are Cowboys fans? It's disturbing. Pooh, I've i never met you before, but I can tell you're like a lifelong Washington football team. I fan. am.
3: I am. So it's, it's, you were born and raised Washington well, fan. Isn't it embarrassing? It's, it's very embarrassing, but we're used to it it's for, <laughs> for, for I don't know how long it's been, you know, Dallas come to town or a popular team come to town and the stadium is full of the other team's jerseys. And it's like an away game at home. You don't even know which stadium you're
2: at. And, yeah. you, you know, that, Crain, you think we did something good as the other team. Yeah, it's happened. the other
3: team. You know, <laughs> when I was growing up, when I was young and growing up, it was a Washington ticket was the hardest ticket in town to get. Like there were people on the waiting list for 20 years to get season tickets and they couldn't get season tickets. And now when you turn the game on, if it isn't full of the other teams uh, fans, it's half empty. It looked like
2: a preseason game.
3: It looked like a preseason. I was watching, was it Seattle Monday night? And I'm, you know, it's about 10, 20 minutes before kickoff. And I'm like, did they take this shot earlier? Was (laughs)
1: Was
3: this <laughs> eight o'clock shot? Because it looked like they were just it, the, the the fans in the stands looked like it was just warming up. Period. Like they the team was just coming up to warm up when it was almost kickoff, and it was it's it's sad to see. But when you got when your team is run down from the, you know the way it's been run from the top down, and you know you're not putting good product on the field, and your stadium sucks, then. Well, is- I think that's the biggest thing you said, Pooh is.
1: It's not a destination, right? No. FedEx, RFK yeah. was, and some of that was the winning. But the team, the fans travel. I mean, they packed the strip in Las Vegas, and it's got to be an expensive ticket to get out there. So I, it's not that they won't come. I just think nobody wants to go to Landover to, to the winning, too. though. Well, yeah, no definitely. doubt the winning. Helped. Remember the RG3 year, okay?
2: It was packed.
0: For the most part, last 25 years since Dan Snyder's taken over and even a little bit before that, mediocrity, right? So you had your glory years, and then it's been mediocre or worse for 25 years. Every four or five years, there's a flare-up. But the RG3 year, this town was on fire once they started rolling. And then you saw the stands full, and they just haven't had that. And the truth is, we hear this from callers all the time. In fact, I work with EB on our show. I grew up across the street from him. My family, I'll be honest, I wasn't a Washington football team fan. My dad was born in Italy. My mom was born in Puerto Rico. My dad located in Baltimore for a bunch of years, so I grew up liking the Baltimore teams. And I hated Washington because my best friend across the street, he liked Washington, and they were winning Super Bowls. But there used to be just a huge fervor for the team. But even him, you're a beaten down fan because every year you're kind of expecting, you know, this year. They're going to build off of last season They made the playoffs and then they start off two and six. And it's like, you're kind of used to it. It's ingrained in you, same old Washington football team. And they've just disappointed year after year after year. And it's hard to kind of break through, but if they do, like, could you imagine if they were a 13 and three team besides a team that squeaks into the playoffs, this town would be on fire. Like when it cures all, who cares if the stadium is a piece of crap, who cares if the grass is terrible? Who cares if parking sucks? If they're winning, people will go.
2: Yeah, and I, and I was trying to tell people but the first time that RG3 year when we won uh, what was it, eight straight games to make it to the playoffs when we um, beat uh, Philly at the end of the year, we came back to the uh, to Redskins Park. You would have thought we won the Super Bowl. That thing was packed. Our, like the police escorts and our buses couldn't even get through to get into the parking lot so we could get to our cars to leave. I mean, it was packed. I mean, it was like three in the morning. It was like, oh, these
3: right. people here to,
2: to see us? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to plug the
0: book again. I actually have a chapter in the book called Our Jesus. And the reason why we've got the Our Jesus is because EB on the show, huge re- huge, huge Redskins Homer at the time, Washington football team Homer, he basically said that RG3 was going to be like the Messiah bring all the races together, bring all the creeds together. And for a while, it happened. Now, I'll be honest, I was always a skeptic. I used to call him RG Screen because I felt like he was just throwing easy passes because of the read option. Whatever. But a couple years later, we ended up having an on-air burial for him. Listeners came to the station.
1: I remember that.
0: Here, put nails in the coffin. And he was still playing. He had a time to redeem himself. But eventually, everybody realized that first year was more of a
2: mirage.
3: Chris, Chris you going to be in the RG3 book?
2: True. i hope it for something good. Tell all. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. What are you about to tell? <laughs> uh, let me just say this.
0: Having written a book, no chance he's written it yet. He's right, setting right. some he deals. Gary Army. Myers is going to interview him and put it together. I'm not going to discredit him on that, but I think he went in his promo I was like, I've written a book. Okay, then why are you waiting for it a whole year to come out?
1: That's what I said. That's what I said. It's good. It'll be weird though, because I guess he's saying he's the one that was uh, being, you know, harassed sexually. So I don't know the books, the book's interesting. Uh, to your point, JP, I don't know if it even gets written because the, it hadn't gotten written if it's not coming out until August, how long did it take you to write the book, JP?
0: It took me a little over a year. You know, this year has been kind of rough in my life. I was moving. Got COVID, my wife got COVID, was a long hauler. And kind of during that time, my mom passed away. So I stepped away from the project for three months. But I always wanted to get it out by Christmas time. And uh, I finished it probably in June. So about a year that I, until finishing the first draft. And then I got with an editor publisher to kind of tighten it up and get ready for publication and distribution. We've had, we've had plenty but, of let writers Let me just turn on. my camera. This is my current life see all these boxes. Oh, wow. got boxes and boxes of books like a blessing on day one over a thousand people bought the book and there's been great interest the curse i got to ship those books out to all the customers and uh, i thought it was gonna be a lot easier if anybody out there is watching and can teach me or my guy who's supposed to be doing this how to print bulk labels please contact me because it's just not going as fast as i thought it would go
1: we've it's had plenty of good. we've had we've had plenty of writers on the show completing starting a book is, is not, is not hard. Completing a book's got to be one of the hardest things on the planet. How many pages are in that book?
0: It's a little over 300 pages. Yeah, We've been doing the show for 25 years. The reality is look, my previous life, I am a lawyer. Look, you can see, I, I, my wife told me to put it on the wall to kind of prove to people. Cause I haven't done anything with it for, for the whole time. But, um, You know, in law school, you learn to write a certain way. To write this type of book, I have to learn to write a different way. In law school, it's simple. Issue, rule, apply, conclude. What's the issue? You trip over something. Oh, it's Big Doug's fault. What's the rule of law? Apply that. But to write something like, hey, I did this podcast. What do the guys look like? That's the part that I found challenging. But the book is really about brotherhood and friendship. So much like you guys have formed, it looks like a nice, Show good chemistry. The, the book is really about the brotherhood and friendship that we had that existed before the show, and like I said, will exist after the show. And then it's kind of the ride of starting out nowhere and chasing a dream, and then realizing it. because when you work day to day, you don't think about it. But I actually have a cool ass job. Like I'm here talking to Chris Baker from the you know somebody that I watched on TV. That's pretty cool and. That wasn't something that I looked into doing in my life. Like I I didn't study journalism. I didn't take mass communications. We just started doing something for fun with our friends. And it was kind of this light bulb moment. It was like, oh, wait a second. Let's see if we can make something of this. And really what I always say is for us, our break, although we made those breaks, was an article was written about us in the Washington Times. Radio station saw it, gave us a shot, and then... 25 years later, we're still on the radio.
1: And and the forward by Mark Robichet, is that right? Am I, am I, Mark God I, I knew I was going to kill his last name. <laughs> the uh, lead singer from OAR, right? And those guys are local. Yeah, like I mean, there's been a Love lot of OAR.
0: that we've done on the show, travel and stuff, but um, we became friends with a band called OAR. They were guys, actually, similar story to us. They all went to high school together. They all played music and they wanted to chase that dream of music and they decided their path was we're going to go to the biggest college in the united states together which at the time was ohio state and they thought if we become a big popular college band better chance to sign record a record deal and for them that path actually worked and we kind of we we started as a nighttime show like i told you but we eventually moved to mornings on whfs which was a rock station And we met those guys back then in, like, 2004. And we immediately kind of uh, formed, like, a really cool bond. And he's been, like, good to the show. Our 20th anniversary, we did a special concert with them. A couple thousand people came out to that. And so I actually called him to interview him. And actually, I emailed. I won't say I called. I sent him an email. And I said, what do you remember about the first time he came on the show? He sent me something back. And it was so good. I was like, I think this could be the forward. And I showed it to the editor, and he's like, that's definitely a forward. And he's a rock star. He's touring, sold, you know, thousands and thousands of records. And he was nice enough to take the time to kind of add to that. And I'm really proud that he wrote the forward. But uh, everybody's been cool to us, like, for the show. Like, that's one cool thing we've been doing for 25 years. And you never know. We just do a radio show. I get it. People like our show. But I called that. or I didn't call. I keep saying I call. That's old school. I don't call. I get in touch with Donnie Simpson. Donnie writes this fantastic testimonial for the book. And Donnie was somebody who, during those HFS years, I never forget. We decided to do mornings. We did nights for five years, which was kind of like the college life, right? You're doing a show till nighttime. We used to do bar appearances from midnight till 2 a.m. and get paid. I was like, oh, they're going to pay for us to hang out at a bar until 2? Okay, done. And then we'd get home, sleep in until like 11 o'clock, and then we did our show starting at 7 at night. And then all of a sudden we moved to mornings. It was like a shock to our systems. Like, did we do the right thing? And the very first show that we did, our program director had this idea. They're like, some of the shows started around 545. Some started at six. They're like on day one, let's have you guys start at five in the morning. So you jump on the competition. And it sounded to us like a good idea. Plus, we're at a new radio station. We'll be team players. Even though our contract says six to ten. All right, we start at five. So we do the show. And it kicked our ass. We were so tired and so freaking exhausted. We looked at each other like, man, this is this is trifling. Did we do the right thing to take a morning show? And Donnie strolls over like right at the end of the show. He looks like a million dollars, smells good, you know, he would drive to work at a Ferrari every day. He's on BET all the time. He's just like he walks in, it just it's money, right? Like that's what we see. Like that's you know, and he's in his 40s at the time. Like he's just looking smooth and he he looks at us and he goes, how are you guys doing? How are you feeling? And we're bitching just like I am right now. We're like, this is terrible, man. How do you deal with this? And he said, he goes, I don't even, send a, uh, goes, I don't even set an alarm clock. You'll get used to it, which was a lie. Or he was so rich he didn't care. But uh, Donnie <laughs> and did a testimony for the book. And all these people, Cal Ripken, uh, Mike Rizzo, the GM of the Nationals, like a lot of people, you know, you never know if they listen to the show. And I still don't know. Maybe I'm like still this not confident guy but um so hey, listen nice including Zimmerman and big list if you go to stillbarking.com you can see all the testimonials including Donnie and others
3: hey let's quick story on OAR I actually got the tour with OAR uh, nice. a little over a decade ago major myself but one of the best tours I ever been on some of the coolest guys that I've ever had the pleasure of touring with and they know how to rock a show as well so
0: yeah, that's the thing about them. They're just down-to-earth guys because he said, you, you know, I don't know them that well. Like when I say I am friends, more acquaintances, and we met him through the show, it's not like he's coming over to my house for dinner. But just super nice guys that were always appreciative that we gave him a shot on our radio show, and they grew kind of as we were growing.
1: JP, did y'all have a chance? Did you get offers at all from ESPN? Had y'all considered – Making a move like that. So there's a chapter in the book called "Never Ask for Double." Uh, Swaggy, have you had good agents
0: throughout your career? Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Like representation matters, and the truth is, it's worked out for us in life. But back during when we started doing mornings, Sports Illustrated did an article for us. We were syndicated at night for three years on 50s radio stations across the country. We were kind of ascending. ESPN reached out to us to do a show on ESPN Classic at the time. So ESPN Classic wanted to have their own kind of PTI show, and they thought that we would fit that. I don't want to give away the whole story of the chapter, Never Ask for Double, and still barking, but Never Ask for Double, maybe I will give it away. We had an agent. And eventually they gave us an offer, and it was a significant offer, but we were already making good money doing the morning radio show. We were kind of, you know how it is once you get married and you start having kids, you now have responsibilities, bills to pay. And they were like, we're ESPN. You should drop the radio show, which we weren't going to do. You should move to Orlando because they have studios there, which we weren't going to do. And ultimately, our agent asked for double. We're not on ESPN. That essentially is (laughs)
3: it. (laughs) it probably worked out for the best
0: it did work out here's your footnote the footnote is that show which we had an offer and i remember we did a pilot in new york they flew us to new york twice we did a pilot we got a standing ovation for the pilot they really liked us but ultimately that show went to a guy named josh elliott and that show became the title of that show was called classic now it got canceled in seven months So it kind of worked out. Now, on the flip side, who knows what would have happened if we just sucked it up, took the first offer, went to ESPN, maybe my life would be different. But it's worked out for us. It really is a dream job. Like, we grew up in this area, right? So a lot of people that do radio, they start in small cities, work their way up. We started on a huge station in our own hometown. So when we talk about things about growing up in PG County, it's very relatable, We don't have to be fake or anything. It's, you know, Evie's a fan of the team. I readily admit I'm not really a fan of the Washington football team, although I want them to win because it's better for business. But I don't care. Like, the kid in me, I was rooting for the Baltimore Colts. Hated the Washington.
1: (laughs) The name of the book is Still Barking. I know you've been out uh, on the publicity tour doing signings. Uh, What's coming up as far as that goes?
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to be in Bowie, which is where I grew up, My hometown of Bowie on Tuesday at the Potbelly Sandwich Shop in the Bowie Town Center from four to. love Potbelly. The cool thing about these book signings, like, look, I'm not Barack Obama. I'm not Michelle Obama. There's not going to be thousands of people. But what I say about our audience, we built an audience over years that have been listening to us for 25 years or some people 20 years, 15 years. And that's why I have a career. I'll never forget that that we owe it to the people that are choosing to listen to us, choosing to have fun with us. So it's always great to kind of, and especially because we went through this COVID time, it's always kind of great to be out and about to meet those people that I feel like they're the ones paying for my house. You know what I mean? If these people aren't listening, if I'm not getting great ratings, I'm not living where I'm living. Now I'm not living probably where Swaggy lives. I'm not in a gated community. I don't have a silly, but I have a nice house. And by the way, at the book signings, one of the cool things, I had a buddy, now I may regret this, I had a buddy told me, gave me this great idea for the book tour and book signings, and it was, I'm assuming you guys have all seen um, Willy Wonka and the Charlie uh, Chocolate Factory. Mm -hmm. Well, to get to the chocolate factory, you needed a golden ticket. So in the first 1,000 books that were distributed, there were 25 golden tickets, and at each of the book signings, including tomorrow, I give away a golden ticket. And I'm going to be having a party at my house this Saturday, Saturday night, five to seven. Essentially, a bunch of strangers that get golden tickets plus characters from the show. I've got entertainment lined up. I should have asked Big Poo. Now I know you. You want to come over <laughs> Saturday night and perform? We make it happen. But I got entertainment. I got food, and most importantly, I have alcohol ready to go for the party at my house. Now the problem is. My house is only so big, but we're
1: going to make it work. You'll have to have Swaggy come for security then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I might be the one fighting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's wrap with this. They've won four in a row. Will they make it five? Chris, let's start with you. What do you think?
2: Man, I got, I got faith in these guys, man. They kind of remind me of our season that we had with RG3 when we just was able to find a way to win. Um, Were we better than some of the teams we played um, against? Probably not, but we found a way to win. And these guys are just finding ways to win, running the ball, taking care of the ball, time time of possession. And if our defense could just continue to hold teams to under 17 points a game, then we have a really good chance at winning. And I feel like Dallas is down right now. They're not on their high horse like they were at the beginning of the season. So if we could just go out there and, and take care of business, I don't see why we can't win this game. It's definitely a winnable game.
3: Yeah, I see us uh I see us winning this game. You know, Dallas Dallas Week is always a weird or the Dallas games are always weird games. You can throw records out the window, you can throw stars out the window. We've seen crazy stuff happen during Dallas week. See? That's a dogs dogs.
2: Dog. Yeah, yeah, Hank, he knows Hank
3: what it
1: appreciates is. It. He, Hank knows
3: what week it is. Um But I definitely see us winning. Um, Dallas is hobbled, uh, you know, watching Zeke run. Zeke shouldn't even be out there on the field. uh, Their offensive line is, you know, spotty right now. And as Swaggy said, as long as the defense continue to hold serve, I think, you know, Dallas is always gettable on defense. So, uh, you know, we get about 20, 24 points. We should be, you know, walking out of that thing with another W.
2: Just throw, throw big dog we'll be okay.
3: Yeah, don't, don't throw the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely because he's not going to drop the interceptions. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's not going to drop them.
0: All right, Big Doug, if, if you listen to the junkies, you know I'm not a homer. Now, I've been wrong probably the last four weeks because I'm sorry. I doubt any of you picked them to beat Tampa to two No,
2: I did. I, I, I did. I did not. I, I wanted that too. You might want to bet, but I doubt
0: anybody actually (laughs) picked them to beat Tampa because if you really thought that you'd be living in like a Bill Gates mansion because you would be one of the few people to pick them to cover and win in that game. But I think that's going to be, I think Dallas has a better roster. I think Micah Parsons is going to be a problem. Diggs may be a problem. Diggs has nine interceptions this year. He's gotten away with a lot of floaters and YOLO balls. I think it might catch up to him. And uh, like your dog is barking in the background. My wife is kind of barking in the background. So I got to wrap it here. I'm going to say stillbarking.com, fellas. Pleasure to uh, be part of the show. Big Doug, keep it going. Thanks, buddy. And uh, hang in there with the loss of your father, man. That's really, really tough.
1: No, I appreciate that.
3: All right, I'm going to roll. All, All, right. Right. So let's All right, see JP. y'all next week. Yes, indeed. Another victory Monday.
1: <laughs>
2: Need that one. All right. All right.